Shalom, Meshpocha. This is Sid Roth. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with a very supernatural guest. And now, here's your host for this program. It's supernatural television producer, Donna Chavez. Thank you, Sid, and thank you all for joining us today. I'm Donna Chavis, and I am so excited to introduce a brand new guest to you. So let's get started. Do you long for genuine God encounters in your life? Do you wonder if such experiences even really happen today? And, and if they do, do you ever wonder, can it happen to me? Could it happen to me? Well, my guest says, take heart because God encounters do happen, and not just to a select few. He says that God encounters can be a part of every believer's life. That includes you, and that includes me, so that's pretty exciting. So get ready. Please welcome Joshua Giles. Hi, Joshua. Hey, how are you? I'm well. I'm so glad you've joined us. So, so you're telling us, Joshua, that God encounters are possible and they do really happen yes absolutely you know when we pursue god with a with an expectation and and a childlike faith um, we begin to really see the goodness of the lord and experience what he wants us to have within him yes yes i i read this little line when i was working on your interview here and i was just reading some things about you and preparing for the interview and it says that in your ministry you have a strong emphasis on releasing a reforming fire into mm. the world and a heart to win millions of souls well i'm telling yeah. you what that got me excited all <laughs> just just <laughs> reading that what do you describe as a reforming fire Yes, you know, the Lord really wants us to walk in a state of holiness. The Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy. And see, the enemy is constantly looking for ways through the systems of this world, through people, through dreams, through any type of way that he can bring about yokes. That's why the Bible says the anointing destroys the yokes. So yes. anything that the devil can do to bring about a yoke upon us to weigh us down so we don't really have the uh, the perception or the connection to God as we should is his purpose. But God's purpose is that our heart is made right before him. It's pure in heart that we may see him. And when we do this, when we have the attributes that the scripture dec describes about the heart, we can have encounters like never before. Yes, yes. And encounters is something that that is common for for you, Joshua, I know it's not for everybody, but I have a feeling by the end of the program today, <laughs> people are going to be saying, yes, I want God encounters in my life. But but since you uh, came to the Lord and and were baptized in the Holy Spirit, I mean, you, you seriously have encounters such as tell us, you know, give us an example of what kind of encounters do you have on a daily basis? 
Yeah, so uh, many times um, when, when God began to um, really take me through this process, my eyes began to open. I began to have angelic visitations. I've had the Lord visit me many times in dreams and visions, even in open eye visions, yes. um, when I would be deep in prayer or fasting. See, there's a very thin line between the natural and the supernatural. Um, and when that veil is, is, is removed, we have the ability to really see in the Spirit. And it's a lot easier than most people think. It's just a consecration of heart, walking out a life of purity. Those things just naturally begin to happen. You don't really have to struggle to walk in the Spirit if you, if you do the principles that the Word teaches. Yes, yes. And you have a lot of wonderful steps and secrets in in the resource that you have prepared that help people practically you know how do I put it to to work in my own life and so that's going to be fabulous when people get that resource let's start at the beginning when you were younger your your goal your dream your desire was to become a professional baseball player yes yes so um, my whole Oh, my gosh. Ever since I was a little child, I played ball. My dad put a ball in my hand, and I would not <laughs> stop throwing it. I mean, I'd be outside, you know, as, as a 8-, 9-, 10-year-old throwing for hours against the wall. And so it was always my dream um, to be a professional baseball player. I was one of the best at every age group um, there was, from T-ball to all the way to high school and even into college. And that was such a pursuit within me that I would stop at nothing to get there. Yet I didn't know that it had became an idol in my life. Mm. And although there was a strong gifting there that God had given me because my heart was not right in its position toward that gift, the enemy was using that as a platform to bring about his desires instead of seeing what God had given that to me for, for his kingdom. Yes, yes. And I, I know that you were saved early uh, at, at the age of 12, but uh, you weren't actually living for God. It was like, uh, yes, I, I accept him, but you weren't living your life for him. And, you know, as a, as, as a young person playing baseball, and I, I don't think you even knew what kinds of things you were opening yourself up to because you didn't really have a grid for it when, when you were like hanging out with the wrong people and, and you know, yeah. listening to the wrong music and that kind of thing. But a little later on, you had some experiences, Joshua, that just pretty much um, blew you away. When you were 22, you were actually playing baseball. You were busy, busy, busy school in the in the daytime baseball in the afternoon and you couldn't yeah. sleep at all at night because what was happening yeah so it was it was wild it was a, a massive turning point in my life um you know we do things and we think there's really no consequences sometimes because oh, we're just listening to some you know some some secular music or or you know watching horror movies or whatever you may be you thinking you're actually doing entertainment to yourself, but in reality, you don't understand the doors that you're opening in the spiritual realm. And one night, it was just absolutely crazy. My eyes just opened in the spirit. And the best way I describe that is like, you know, there's blinds on your window. Um, and it's like someone just lifted those blinds. You know, something on, is on the outside of those blinds, but you can't see it because there's that thin layer I was talking about. Yes. And when that happened, I began to open eyes, see um, demons, just like you would see in a horror movie. 
and 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 it just blew my mind like oh my god what is happening what is going on here and it was my bedtime but i would see these things and as i closed my eyes i would i could i could feel them around me you know i would be knocked around in bed i, I was having these crazy supernatural experiences and i'm like god this is this is terrifying and i remember my bathroom was literally next door to my room and i was i was terrified to even go to the bathroom even with all my lights on as i would try to sleep at night and I came to a turning point where I was getting so physically exhausted because of my my day, but also that I couldn't even get any rest at night, that I just cried out to God because I didn't know anything else to do. Um, and I just said, God, kill me or deliver me. Yeah. I said, I see this is real, so I know you're real. And Amen. when that happened, I have never felt um, what I felt at that moment. And I just felt a wave of the Holy Spirit, just like an oil dripping on me. And I began to um, speak in uh, the heavenly tongues. Yes. So at that point, the supernatural realm and the spiritual realm really became real to you. You cried out to yes. God and you're like, okay, I'm seeing all this stuff that I don't like, but that makes me know that you are also real. And yes. you cried out to him, kill me or deliver me. And, yeah. and obviously he delivered you, Joshua. Wow. Amen. Yes. <laughs> that is wonderful. Now, the very next day, what happened? Yeah, so when I prayed that prayer, I never felt that peace before. I slept amazing that night, and, I, and it really shocked me, the simplicity of someone crying out from a place of help, yes. you know, and, and no matter what mess you're in, you cry out to God, and God will help you. He is a very present help in time of trouble, the Bible says, and so I, I remember my, my parents were not equipped to handle what I was experiencing because they were like, what is going on with him, you know, because I, would, I, would, I was so terrified at night, right? But that next day after praying that prayer, I'm playing baseball in college, and we have a game against another team I've never met before in my life. And, you know, if anybody knows anything about pregame, you know, you're practicing, you're, you're hitting the balls, you're, you're fielding, you're doing the things before the game starts. There was a young man from another team that came over from their side, and he just stood beside me in the outfield. Now, this, says, per- hey. this person you did not know, correct? Never, never knew him, never met okay. him. Nope. It was crazy. So he, he stands beside me, and he looks at me, and he says, hey, he says, I just want to tell you something. I said, okay. He says, you almost died in a car wreck five years ago. The devil tried to kill you, which I did. Um, I had a car wreck. Uh, I hit someone head on at 80 miles an hour, and uh, my car flipped into a tree. head went through the windshield, but I walked away that night. And when he told me that, I was, like, I was in shock. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then he said, you're being attacked at night by demons. You're seeing them, but God wants to deliver you, which was exactly my prayer. And he says, can I pray for you? And I've never, you know, experienced that. I've, when someone says they're going to pray for you, I think they're just going to bow their head and say a little prayer. I've never yes. heard of laying on of hands or anything like that. But this boy was bold, you know, and he just <laughs> laid hands on the baseball field. And, and I felt the, the power of God hit me. I've never felt that before. And it was like, you know, a thousand pound weight had lifted off of me. I physically felt lighter. And that really gave me the uh, understanding years later as I read the scripture what a yoke really is. Mm. And see, we may physically be uh, rested and, and, and go to sleep, but when you wake up, you still feel that weight. You don't realize that it's spiritual bondage. And so when he prayed for me, um, I was so blown away. He just walked off like it was normal. I went <laughs> back to the dugout. And I'm shaking back and forth like rocking. I've been called. God has called me. And my, my teammates looked at me like I was psychotic. And But I didn't <laughs> care. I couldn't focus on the game. I didn't care if we won, lost. It didn't matter at that moment because I knew my life had changed. 
Yes, yes. This was a divine appointment for you, Joshua, as I listened Absolutely. to you talk. I mean, God God had this appointed time for you, this, this young man that you didn't even know, and he was speaking prophetically to you. And I know yeah. you felt called to the ministry, and this connection with this young man, you said, actually led you to another minister who you started working with for a while and, and really started getting some information and some discipleship and some um, some wisdom in what was going on. And and you yes. started learning all kinds of things and, and, and the deeper things of God at that point. That's right. That's right. After all that happened, I'm like, well, what do I do? This is like, I yeah. can't just go on with my normal life no more. This is crazy, you know? So I ran to the bus and I was like, who are you? And he's like, hey, and you know, I just would travel around and, you know, volunteer in ministry and do this stuff. I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing that, you know? Yeah. And so... I went to a service, and uh, my first, you know, I guess you would call it charismatic service, where there was demonstration and power, and I was like, what is going on here? And I'll never forget, you know, because of the mental uh, attacks on my life and, and, and the, the craziness that the demons were, were attacking my mind with, um, were always there, right? And when he called a word of knowledge and says, you know, there's some people here that are being attacked on your mind and begin to describe it, and I said to myself, man, I said, I'm not going to fake this stuff. I'm going to go up there and see what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. And I go up there, and he prays for me. And I start laughing. I'm thinking, what is wrong with me? I'm like, <laughs> this is a service. Like, what is this? I never knew of the joy of the Lord, you know? And I felt like a piano had lifted off of me. And um, he looked at me at the end of the service, and he said, come with me to Florida. I said, okay. And literally got into like a caravan of people never met before in my life. Um, and went down to Florida to help volunteer. I left scholarship, left school, left family, left everything. And I remember calling my parents and saying, hey, I'm, I'm in Florida. And they're like, what do you mean you got school tomorrow? You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, I joined the ministry. And they thought I was crazy. <laughs> and until they saw the change in my life and, yes. and what God was doing, then they began to say something is unusual here. Yes. And God used that to actually win them to a dimension of God that they've never seen before. And you you learned such a lesson about fear because when you were experiencing those attacks, I mean, you were fearful. You were a grown man, Joshua, and you wouldn't oh, yeah. even get up and go to the bathroom at night because exactly. you were fearful. What did you learn about fear? Awesome. Yeah, so this is one of the this is one of the areas that every believer must know if they truly want to walk in a dimension of authority that God has given them. But I see so many people fail in this area. See, the things of the Spirit are so real. They're actually way more real than your five senses when you start to encounter them. And so the enemy is nothing but an illusionist. He's a master of deception, master at fear. And he knows what to do to get you into a state of fear the moment that happens, you lose the fire of the Holy Spirit. You lose the power of God in those moments, so you can't win the battle. I remember the first time God took me in the realm of the Spirit. He lifted me up and took me out of my body to fight. And, uh, I battle in the spiritual realm with um, uh, with a, a witch that was in this, this region. And um, when I went there, uh, the hand of God was as big as my body. And I said, what are you doing here? And the fire of God was on me so strong. I was like, man, I felt like Superman, you know? And and the the rebuttal of the enemy was, was uh, you know, hurling accusations at me. And then God said, go encounter, go, go, uh, go engage them, right? And I was like, no. And his <laughs> hand, which was as big as my body, began to push me into the battle. 
And I was terrified. I was like, no, 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 no. Because the moment I feared, the moment it was, it was so minute, it was just like a switch. The moment I feared, the fire of God left me. And as he began to push me into that battle, right before I got to, to the engagement, he picked me back up and put me in my body. And it took me many years to get this revelation that the moment we fear, we break connection with his power. And so I had to be trained in more and more encounters that no matter what I saw in the spirit realm, no matter how crazy it was, there was a word that God gave me in every battle. And I teach this to believers around the world, and it was engage and destroy. You must be the aggressor in the spirit realm. Yes, yes. And the other side of that, when you do engage, you found that the enemy is the one that gets fearful when they know that you know that yes. God is with you. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Well, Joshua, you had this lifelong dream. You had given it up. You were serious about this. And I know there was a time that you were so serious about it, you actually separated yourself in order to to gain what you were seeking, which was to be anointed by God. Yes, so there was a time period where I was so hungry. You know, the Bible says that the zeal of that house hath eaten thee up. And I was like, God, I said, I'm so hungry for you. I, I remember the days uh, uh, early in, in my walk where I was, I felt like a kid that was <laughs> on Christmas Eve. And they got kids at Christmas Eve, and they're like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen tomorrow? I'm, like, so excited. I was like that with God. And I teach even grown believers this now that if you can have that expectation and that that desire, you will see God move like you've never seen him move before because he loves the aspect of that that kid-like, that childlike mentality. And so I began to really pursue God with a, a extreme intensity, and then he would lead me into fasting. I'm like, God, I'm an athlete. We're taught the you know five six times a day work out you know all these things. I think I can't fast more than six hours, <laughs> and so he began to process me in that uh, where I would fast six hours and twelve, and then he, uh, twenty-four, three days, seven days, and then I remember the call to where he was like, "I, I want you to fast forty days," and I'm wow. like, "Well, God," I said, "This is another level." Yes, yes. Well, that would be a another level for, I I believe, most of us. During that 40-day fast, he called you to that. Describe to me what was going on during that 40-day fast. Yes. So, um, you know, at first I began to really just pray before it started. I said, Father, you give me grace to accomplish what you're calling me to do because this is supernatural. And even my wife was like, yes, I'll do it with you. I'm like, all right, let's do this together. Make it a lot easier if you're not cooking, you know? (laughs) Yes. And and uh, so we began to press in, and it was it was literally supernatural. I never had that type of energy or ability to push past what I thought I could not push past. But the more the flesh began to physically be weakened, the stronger I got in the spirit, and my desire for the things of the spirit overwhelmed me compared to what my natural body was screaming out, saying, hey, you need to get some food in your system. I was like, no, I'm pushing through this. And when I began to do that, it was like the other world became more real. God became more real. His reality, like he is a reality. And the more real God becomes, the more he will you know, manifest himself in your life. And even uh, 
the angels, even supernatural things began to happen more and more. But I was noticed that the moment I began to do this, I was building my resume in the spirit. Yes. And so the enemy sees that and he's like, whoa, what is happening here? This is this is unusual because when you're going through something of that level of consecration, it's it, number one, fasting humbles you. The Bible talks about it is a humbling of the soul, but it's also giving your heart uh, a consecration to where God begins to mend and mold you for his purpose. And the enemy hates that. So when he begins to see that there is something happening in this person, there's more angelic activity, there's more fire around him, there's more light, there's activity in the spirit realm. He begins to look and say, how can I penetrate that bubble? What can I do to stop the download? That's one of the areas that most believers experience in this type of walk when you're fasting and pursuing God is everything is thrown at you to stop the download. And a lot of people don't make it. But if you pursue it and you keep your eyes focused on the Lord, you'll get through it and you'll come out on the other end with something powerful. Yes, yes. Well, I know (laughs) most of us, Joshua, don't want to feel like we're called to a fast because, as you say, that's tough on the body. That's tough on the willpower. But honestly, with with what you were feeling and the incredible results you were getting, you really just had no clue what you were getting yourself into, did you? (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, fasting puts us in such a state of high-level perception because you're really— you're, you're breaking down the flesh physically. You know, it, it re, you require food to live. And when you're not, you know, eating food or sometimes when you're not drinking water, you know, you, you become weak. But in that weakened state, that's when your spirit man actually gets stronger. Yes. And so that's why people are like, well, I don't really like to do this. Well, you have to do this. And it's something that will just, you know, take you to a whole new dimension in God. Um, fasting breaks bondage. Even Jesus says this only goes out by prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. So there's certain strongholds in spirits that you can't even deal with unless you're in a state of fasting. Um, as I was mentioning earlier, when Satan is constantly looking for yokes to place on people to keep them in a state of heaviness where it's harder to minister, harder to function, harder to demonstrate his kingdom, fasting will destroy yokes. Yes. When I learned about this, there has not been a week in 16 years that I have not at least fasted three times a week because I understand I need to be in such a state of high-level perception mm-hmm. and clarity because it's not about me, but what can I do to bring God to people? And so when I learned that, it just it just took me to a whole nother uh, realm. My discernment went through the roof. Um, when I began to fast, I was able to read people's mail like like with extreme detail, not in the sense to scare them, but in the sense of where God could show me attributes or things about their life that I could help them get to a place of assignment or help them come out of place of bondage. Um, your spiritual eyes and ears open. It's a, it's a spiritual law. When you begin to fast, you will begin to see. You will begin to hear because now you're opening yourself up to the things of the Spirit. Um, even new levels of joy and wisdom, my IQ increased. I remember <laughs> it was so hard <laughs> for me to go to school. I, I'm telling you, hated school. I, I failed things. I couldn't focus, all these things. I know it's crazy, but as I began to fast, I began to get smarter. 
my clarity of mind, ability to articulate, solve problems became way easier. It was like, I was like, where was this back in the days of school? I could have <laughs> been an honor roll student, you know? And, and my levels of peace and see in a very crazy world we live in, there's nothing but noise and chaos all around us. And if you can't come to a place of deep connection, deep, um, you know, almost a meditation of the Lord where you're just staying connected and so strong within him, all the cares and all the, the buzz around you will begin to infiltrate your system to bring you out of the will of God, and fasting will keep you there. Yes. Whew. Wow, that's pretty amazing to take in. <laughs> so this is, this is information that you won't get many places, all of you that are listening. <laughs> I think I, I, I might try to incorporate a little more seriously some fasting into my life because I know <laughs> I know I could stand to get a little bit smarter. Well, when you were doing this, I, I think you were actually surprised by some of the benefits of fasting, but you were actually, you found yourself during this fasting time in a period of 700 consecutive days of visitations, Joshua. What, what, what do you mean by that? Yes, yeah, so during that time period when I when I opened myself up and I began to, uh, you know, I went into that 40-day fast, you know, I didn't realize what I was really getting into. I'd really, you know, it was just having a hunger for the Lord to go after things, but I didn't know that I had entered into, like, the spiritual military, you know, where God, you know, takes you through training for a purpose. And during this time, 700 consecutive days of visitations where literally I would be in my yard and just— you know, uh, throwing ball or just hanging out. And next thing I'm, I'm like in a state of seeing so deep in the spirit. I didn't even know where I was at that moment because God would open my eyes to see something. And that was during the day. Now at night, it was a whole nother world. When I would go to sleep, I'd go such a deep sleep that, you know, I would start to have high level demonic encounters again. And I'm thinking to myself, is there something wrong with me? What is going on? I, I had principalities, which I didn't even know what was at the time. I just knew in the spirit what they were and how massive they were. Um, I had, you know, witches that would fly into my room to, to uh, you know, angels. But the thing was, 90-something percent of the things I experienced were not good. It was like, it was horrible. Mm. It was, you know, battles. And I, and I, I, in that time period, I'm like, God, I'm like, is this my life? Because I opened myself up to wanting to get closer to you, I guess I just have to live this way. And he was like, no, I'm training you. See, what you don't understand is I have to teach you these things in the spirit so that when I release you in the natural, you have authority in these things. And I was like, that makes sense. Yes. And so he began to teach me how to fight my lions, fight my bears, fight my Goliath, and yeah. then, you know, move forward in, the, in that. Just like David, he says, no one was with me when these things happened, but the Lord delivered me from these things. And so will he deliver me from Goliath. And I began to see that the template of what God did in the natural in the Old Testament, he does in the supernatural in the New Testament. Yes. And so when nobody knew me, nobody knew what was going on in my life, I spent that those years praying and fasting, seeking God, going through massive amount of training um, before God began to really use me at a high level. Yes. And you know what? The, those years that, that you spent, all those consecutive days of, of spiritual training has equipped you, has anointed you to 
to impart things to others that you wouldn't have known otherwise. I mean, uh, in reading your book and, and our conversations and, and, and watching your, your training videos and audio teachings, honestly, Joshua, I have gotten things that I have not gotten from anyone else. And I think the level that you went through that training and that intense training has allowed you to impart and to give to others things that the Lord showed you and taught you during that time. So I'm going to take this moment right here just to let everybody know that you are listening to our very special guest today, Joshua Giles, and he has prepared a very special resource package exclusively for our Messianic Vision and its Supernatural audience. It's his brand new book, Secrets to God Encounters, and his brand new and exclusive audio teaching series. So as always, Sid's going to be here at the end of our program to tell you how you can get Joshua's brand new resource package. And believe me, when you get it, I believe you will see some marvelous changes in your life. So, Joshua, I, I want to talk about this. I'd heard this in the Bible about ascending the mountain, you know, and and you teach on ascending the mountain or calling us to the mountain of God. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yes, you know, there was one service that I was just in deep worship. As I was worshiping the Lord, I heard God really project to me, I'm calling you to the mountain. I'm like, whoa, that's powerful. Yes. And I just like, well, okay, what does it mean? You know? And a <laughs> lot of times when God will release a word, it will take some time for the understanding of that word to come to pass. And in that moment, he began to show me the crowd of people that were worshiping. And he says, most of these people aren't doing what they need to do in the worship. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, you're pressing in, you're pushing in like the one with the issue of blood, but they're waiting for me to touch them. And I want you to touch me. I'm like, whoa, whole new revelation here, right? Yes. And so my intensity that at that moment, see, I would push my heart toward God. So anytime I'm praying, I'm worshiping, my intensity with my heart is actually pushing and pushing and pushing toward him. And I didn't realize this was a thing that most people he never heard of. But as I did that, I began to see, oh my gosh, I'm really getting closer to the Lord in this in this moment. But to climb the mountain, the Bible talks about it in Psalms uh, multiple times. It says, you know, who shall ascend the mountain of God or his holy hill? And it says, he who has clean hands and a pure heart hasn't yes. lifted up his soul to idolatry. And when I began to see this thing, I said, well, this isn't going to be when we're in heaven because we're there. I said, this is representing our ascension in the natural Yes. Right. I was like, oh, my gosh. So in my prayer time, it began to change. So I centralized my prayers, my fasting and everything about me to that. Lord, cleanse my hands. Make my heart pure toward you. I renounce any idol that has been set up within my soul, anything that's resisting me from ascending your mountain. And I begin to deal with those things in the spirit. And sure enough, God began to show me, deal with this, do this, remove mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Let me mold you here. And in that process, my heart was being molded like clay for ascension on the mountain. Yes. Yes. Isn't that interesting? I, I want to go back to something you said about the woman with the issue of blood. I've read that so many times, so many times in just reading or studying or hearing uh, sermons on it. But you're saying it was her that caused the encounter. 
She was yeah. the one that was pressing in. She was the one that said, if I can but touch him. So she was going with it with her whole heart and with everything. Yes. So it wasn't Jesus looking for her and looking for her to touch. It was her looking for him and pressing in exactly. to him. And these are some of the secrets that, that you teach in your book about having these God encounters, these supernatural encounters. And, and you mentioned the pressing in and then making sure that, that your heart is pure. And then there's another one that you teach too, obedience. Yes. You know, uh, um, one last point on the um, on the touching him part. Yes. You know, there was a very simplistic thing that God showed me that is in human DNA and it blew my mind. You don't have to teach a child how to play hide and seek. They already know. It, when you watch a child, they already love playing with their friends. They hide, they seek, they hide, they seek. God spoke to me when I saw my own children doing that. He says, that's in your DNA. You don't realize I put that there because I love to hide so you can seek me. Oh, oh, that that, that is interesting. And I, I see that. I'm sure all of us, we, we see that all the time. And, and the seeking, I mean, huh. That's one of the most powerful stories in the Bible. That woman was seeking, wasn't she? Yes. She was pressing, and nothing could deter her from reaching him and pressing in. These, these again, Joshua, as, as I've heard some of these so many times, I love the way you bring these out, these, these secrets to encountering God and to, to encounter him. Uh, okay, uh, tell us about obedience. Why is that yes. so oh, important? I'm sorry, yes, obedience strengthens our spirit. The Bible says it is better to obey than offer sacrifice. Disobedience will fuel our flesh. So there's two worlds that are constantly battling, the spirit and the the enemy that wants to come in and disrupt. He wants to bring his frequencies, his his destruction, his rebellion, everything that he operates in, his deception, his lies, he tries to fuel us by empowering the flesh yes. and see that's why the two worlds are constantly fighting you will serve who you feed the most if you feed your flesh sin well you're serving sin it don't matter if if you've accepted christ or not if you're living in sin or serving sin you are actually feeding that and empowering that in your life so it's going to be hard until you come to a state of repentancy but obedience is better than sacrifice and when you obey and and do these things that God releases uh, uh, to you through His Spirit, you begin to walk in a, a state of acceleration. Like what is so wild about obedience is that once God begins to teach you uh, to obey and you start doing it, now it's time to do it quicker. So I have started to notice in my, my walk with the Lord that I will hear a word from God, but it may take me time to do it because I'm like, eh, you know, the flesh is battling, you know, your mind, and, you know, I don't know if I can do that, God, that's a step of faith. And before you know it, time has passed, and I could have actually walked into a greater level of blessing or an open door if I would have made sooner. So when I began to look at myself and step back and say, let me analyze what I can do better, that was the thing God highlighted was obey quicker. And mm -hmm. as I begin to obey immediately when God said something, I begin to see acceleration happen that I have never experienced before in my life. That is wonderful. Let me ask you this question. Okay, we're, we're reading your material. We're getting this teaching. We're getting it into our spirit. And we decide, yes, like Joshua, I want to ascend to the mountain. I'm going to follow these secrets he's given me, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to press in. I'm going to, you know, cleanse my heart with, you know, to have a pure heart. I'm going to obey. Mm -hmm. 
once we're on the mountain, what is the benefit? The benefit is his presence. Oh. And that is the difference that makes up everything in life. Is It doesn't matter about gifting. I don't care how talented you are. It, it, none of that matters. That's just an amplifier of his presence. And if I don't have his presence, then people can't be changed because what am I, what am I doing? I'm just putting on an entertainment, right. a show. And so I look at people based on presence. When I'm around you, I, I, I know because I've encountered God, so I know, are you carrying presence? And if you're not, I want to help you get more. Yes. I want to, I want to, just like God walks down the vine and prunes it to give us more, the ability to produce more fruit. He has given me that ability to say, hey, this is the area you need to prune. This is what you need to do, A, B, and C, so that more fruit is produced. Yes. But yes, once we're there, we're, his presence is, is everything. Yes, yes. I, I, I can't let you uh, go through this interview without talking about this one encounter that you talked about. Uh, when you, whew, man. <laughs> this this is this is heavy and wonderful. Uh, when you had an encounter where you actually felt like you touched the very eye of God. Yes. When we press in, it's not like something happens overnight. It takes time because it's not where God is not a fast food restaurant where you just get in order and say, you know, I'm I'm good. No, there's a process. Moses spent 40 years what preparing his heart in God before he could be used to bring deliverance to to the nation of Israel. And so you have to look at that as the old template of how God prepares the heart in order to really release an abundance of his authority or power through someone's life. It's no different now. It's just accelerated because we don't live as long as those they did. But there are keys to this. So when I begin to like I said, pursue God at this intensity. I had that revelation about pressing in, that there's hide and seek with God. Yes. We, we must pursue him. I was taken into an encounter, and I was uh, God pulled me out of my body, by my spirit. And I went into um, a tunnel. And now here's one thing that I learned about supernatural encounters is that there's usually an obstacle or an enemy that you must overcome in order to see a revelation or something that God is trying to release to you. Mm -hmm. And considering that, I told you the enemy always plays on fear and illusion. When I was being taken in the spirit, I was going through this massive tunnel. It was almost like, you know, the little uh, tunnel that you uh, put your money in at the bank, the little tube, and it shoots up. Yes. Uh, and then it goes to the teller. That's exactly what it was like. So I'm flying toward this light because I see this light and I'm flying. But in that tunnel was nothing but demonic entities and figures. And, and I could feel their breath and their teeth and their claws. And I knew, see, I had to coach myself in this moment. I knew that if I feared, I would lose this encounter. And so I just stay focused, focus, Josh, focus, Josh. And as I focus, boom, I popped out the other side. And I was, I was out in a dimension. I'm like, where am I at? What is going on? But I saw what I was looking at. It was massive ball of light, which was the size of like the earth. It was massive. And I could see all this lightning around it. And it was, it was wild description, liquid blue lightning. And it was all around. I'm like, whoa, what is that? Well, in the realm of the spirit, you move at the speed of thought. And so the moment I said, what is that? I began to go closer toward it. Now, as I got closer toward it, Imagine I was the size of an ant compared to this massive globe that I was seeing. I put my hand and I touched it. The moment I touched it, I was electrocuted so bad that it would have killed a normal human being billions of times over because I knew the, what had happened was just so intense. Mm. 
And when I did that, I was like, oh, and I was going backwards. I was like, okay, what is happening here? What did I just touch? And you know how like when, um, even the Bible talks about this, but you know when lightning flashes and it lights up the whole sky, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you just get a, a, just a quick image of the whole sky at night, especially if you're in the mountains or, you know, in the country right. area, you'll see it. And I heard thunder, thunder that it was not normal. This was not human thunder. This was not worldly thunder. This was a thunder that was, was I, can, I know was like the thunder that Moses had then experienced on that mountain where it was terrifying. And I'm hearing this thunder like, what in the world? And then boom, a flash of light. And I had seen what I touched, and it was the eye of God. I, I saw a man standing there so massive, long white hair, a crown of gold, eyes like lightning. And, and I was so terrified because of how small it was and how consuming God is because he is a God that consumes that I begin to fall back to my body and as I'm falling back I'm screaming in terror but also in awe at the same time right and I was like wow this is the most amazing thing in the world I've ever seen what in the world is happening as I fall back to my body I'm laying there and I look and there's a misty uh, like a, a film of mist surrounding me of amber colors and fiery. I could see the fire in it. And I looked and I said, the glory of God is upon my life. And then boom, I, I woke. Whew. <laughs> Joshua, I have to ask you, with an encounter like that, was there a purpose? I'm sure that wasn't just for your entertainment. Was there a purpose behind that? Do you know what the purpose was? Yes, it was my pursuit to the mountain, his presence. It was, it was, um, you know, pursuing him and a transference of God's power, God's presence, the fire, and his glory upon my life. It marked me. It was like a mark, a DNA mark, a stamp, a thumbprint of God on your life, like you have been marked. But I knew years later, and sometimes you'll get a revelation or an encounter, and it may take a decade to unravel. It may take five years. It may take three years. And it's not that it's delayed. It's just God wants to teach you something in a time period. And through that time period, as I began to read the Word and you know, just doing my daily studies, I began to find scriptures that dealt with Samuel uh, as he was choosing David the king. And God spoke to him and says, do not look upon man's stature. Because I don't look upon it. I look upon the heart. Yes. And I was like, whoa, that's powerful. And then I found in Jeremiah, it says, I don't look upon the way man looks upon man. But I look at the heart and the motives that I may give them based on their motives. That I may reward them according to their motives. So when I heard that, immediately the counter resurrected within me. And I said, that is why I touched his eye. Because one of my pursuits was, I must see as you see. Mm. Not for the benefit of just like shocking people, but no, I must see as you see so that I can see motive, number one, to protect me in this walk, but number two, that I can see the assignments and purposes of God within an individual and call them to the surface by his power. Yes, and that's one thing that is uh, is very prevalent in your ministry, isn't it, as far as you 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 seeing the hearts and purposes of people and calling that act and calling them out and actually activating them in their purpose and their destiny. Yes. Wow. Yes. So I, when, when I am in um, a service, it seems like 90% of the time it, God highlights people to me, and I call out what God wants them to do in life 
or what's happening or what was what was dying, dreams that had died, and they thought, well, maybe God didn't want it to happen, or, or I don't know what direction I should go in, because the number one problem in the world, not just in the Christian community, in the world is identity issues. And if you don't know who you are, what, what good does that do you, right? I mean, there was a statistic that said 80% of people in the workforce hate their job, Whoa. 80%. So that is a lack of identity. And we must know who we are in Christ. So I see that as the most important thing because you have one life. And you're going to have to give an account to everything you say and do and the talents that he gave you. And so I see that as the mission of what we're doing in this ministry is to really bring out the assignment of God in people. Yes, yes, yes. And I know that happens frequently, frequently for you. Um, Tell me about this. Well, we've been talking a lot about supernatural encounters and people may be saying, oh, I'm not sure I can really relate to that. Now, I might, I, I will be able to relate to it once I start having my own God encounters, but tell me something in the natural. So here's a story that you tell when you encountered something in the natural, but it actually had a bit of a supernatural twist. Tell me about the gang that, that you encountered at a meeting. Yeah, so, you know, in my early days, you know, I had friends and, you know, um, acquaintances in that world. So I understood it. I understood the mentality. I understood, you know, the aspect of all of those things in that perspective. I didn't know that God would use me to be launched back into that to help win souls. And so we were, we were having a service. I was volunteering at a service in um, Florida. And there was, uh, you know, one of the most dangerous Haitian gangs in the nation was down there. I remember when we were down in this area, you know, we're, con- we're contending against voodoo, we're contending against, you know, what had claimed that city, the people. And there was a group of Haitian gang members that wanted to shut down the service because they were just, you know, they were pretty much possessed. They didn't like what we were doing, A, B, and C. And I remember standing at the door, and it was very wild because I didn't, I didn't know God would do something like this. And it started to teach me because God will teach you things through encounters. So he'll teach you, you know— uh, very powerful nuggets of how he is and who he is and how he works through action, not just telling you. He wants to put you through action. And I remember they saying, we're going to shut this service down. We're going we're gonna to stop this. You can't stop us, A, B, and C. And immediately I saw a flash, a vision of an angel standing there ready for battle. I'm like, whoa. And I saw a line. And I knew by revelation that if they crossed this line, something was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen. I knew something was going to happen. And I warned them. I said, I said, you cross this line, I'm not responsible for your life. Oh. And they're like looking at me like I'm crazy, you know what I mean? And as they began to walk, I just backed up. And the moment they came over that line, some began to shake and fall against the wall, like in like convulsions, like they were seizing up. And others began to cry. Others began to fall to their knees, like hyperventilating because they're like, what is happening? There was such a weight upon them. And they're freaking out. They're like, I don't know what's going on. And I was like, I was like, man, this is cool. Look at this. You know, <laughs> I was caught up in the moment myself. So I was like, oh, let me get back to reality. Like, I need to help these people, you know. And, um, and I said, see, I said, God is real. And, and they're like, what, 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 what do we got to do? And I'm like, let's go to the altar and repent, you know. And I helped them up. And as we're walking in the service, I bring them to the altar, and they lay there, and they just weep, and they just, they're just under the power of God for wow. hours. And their whole life changed from that moment. And you were you were actually able to lead um, the the leader of that gang to the Lord. Oh, absolutely! It was very powerful. I went to the um, Palm Beach County Jail system, and I went there, and I didn't know what I was going to um, 
I didn't know what I was going to, you know, be up against, you know, but I knew what was going on in the spirit. And so I began to take authority over it before I even went there. And see, that's what a lot of believers need to understand is that you don't just go into situations like this and just, you know, I hope it works out. No, I began to use the authority God has given me. I bind this. I deal with that, right? And I began to release angels in that situation, the blood of Jesus. I began to speak it before I even got there. So I knew that the atmosphere had been uh, contained. And so as I began to speak to him on the phone through that glass, I began to minister to him. God began to give me a specific, you know, words for him that began to bring about a softening of his heart. And as that happened, he's like, well, what do I do? Now, I knew that was my moment. I said, just just repeat after me. And I began to lead him to the salvational prayer with my hand against the glass and his hand against the glass. Wow. And, and, and it was wild because there's people around me, you know, on the other phones talking to their loved ones. And I'm like speaking with some authority. And I was like, I was like, I released the fire of God on you. And, uh, and it touched him through the window. And he begins to laugh just like my first encounter years ago. <laughs> And he was like, whoa, man, what's going on? Lightheaded and all this. And he was happy and laughing. And we had a good time in God for a few minutes. And and I know his life was changed from that moment. So that was that joy of the Lord. I can imagine leading a very violent gang. I mean, this this gang was was actually featured on a a television series one time. It's like, uh, you know, about gangs that are really violent and and just just really bad gangs. So I can't imagine there's a lot of joy in that. So (laughs) the joy (laughs) of salvation had to be a new and wonderful experience for him. Man. Absolutely. When we think about things like this. I, I read all these stories and I've been reading your material and I'm like, you know what? You have been placed in such unusual and specific situations and circumstances that that's just unbelievable sometimes. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, uh, God told me a long time ago, he says, I'm making you like a Navy SEAL on SEAL Team 6, which is the <laughs> most elite fighting force in the world. And he says, you're going to be like an undercover agent, and I will launch you into situations and places, but you, they won't even know the reasoning of why you're there until <laughs> until something happens. And what and what is the reason? Now, you know, this is a little bit of a setup because I know the answer to this, <laughs> but I want you to say, what is the reason that you're put in these situations? It's for their soul. God has a desire for souls. It is his greatest desire because he sent Jesus here to win the earth. So obviously it's on God's heart that none should perish, right? So when he sends someone into a situation like that, it, it, it's not just to be loud and disruptive and crazy. All those, God can bring a level of correction or rebuke through, you know, the leading of the Spirit. But a lot of the times, the way people are one are through meeting them at their level. And that's yes. why I love Paul's statement. He says, I became all things to all men that some might be saved. And when I learned that, I was like, wow, I must meet them at their level of conversation and then introduce the Lord to them from there. And then I could train them up. Yes, yes. So, so you're, you're, you're there undercover for the kingdom. Undercover. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, in, in, in thinking about that, these situations and these places that you are divinely put in, I wanted to talk about a few of the supernatural aspects that you have run into, like favor. Your desire and dream was to become a baseball player, a a, a professional baseball player, and you didn't go there, but you did still get the opportunity to to have favor to be involved with baseball. 
Absolutely. I was never known that. And like I mentioned before, my baseball had become an idol to me. And I didn't realize that although it was a gifting, my pursuit of it was wrong in nature. Mm. And I started to see this as God began to unveil. He says, I'm not taking you out of baseball. I'm putting you in a different position of it. Uh-huh. And it's still at the highest level. So I remember he, he spoke to me. This was so powerful. He spoke to me my, um, my, the name of my company. In, in the spirit. And I, and this was the days of like when YouTube just first started and all that. And, and I ran to the computer and I, and I typed in the word that he gave me. And when I typed it in, no one in the nation had it yet. It was the exact search term that any baseball player would actually type in to find what they're looking for. So I bought that domain name for 49 cents. Oh, no. And within, yeah, <laughs> within one month, I was the number one uh, search term in the in the world actually for that term and it was all supernatural in that sense and I was like wow this is powerful and so I remember having no job no nothing didn't know what I was going to do and uh and and got to get a VHS camera and start filming yourself in a room and I did that posted a video on YouTube and it went viral I had hundreds of thousands of views very quickly and I was contacted by um you know someone that worked with a lot of the uh, the New York Yankees, the Knicks, uh, the Giants—they were on Good Morning America all the time. I mean, it was it was absolutely amazing, and and they brought me up to New York to teach them to train uh, their teams and and teach them what perspective I was looking from when it came to training because they said we have never seen nobody do what you do when it comes to looking at the angles of someone's body and, and being able to tell future injuries, being able to tell what's going on or how to train them. And I thought to myself, God, this is the best people in the world. They don't know this. What have you given me? You know? <laughs> well, he did. And here you were again, acting undercover for the kingdom, yes. because not only were you training them to be better at what they were doing, you were also leading them to Jesus. Absolutely. It, it, it was mind blowing. You know, God began to give me a template. He took me deep into many experiences and showed me physics, kinesiology, um, all these things that I never took in college, nor did would I have ever passed. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and I would be able to see someone's body and have an understanding of great scientific principles that even scientists and people who were in physics, when they heard me speak, they're like, where'd you get that? I'm like, I, I just I just got it. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, did, I didn't know what to say. And they were like, yeah, it aligns to physics, but we've never seen it, you know, operating in that capacity. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? And so I began to pray, and I said, God, what, what do you lead me to do? And he says, you see that island over there in Palm Beach, you know, one of the richest zip codes in America? You know, you got billionaires, millionaires. You know, you got household names, you name it, living on the island. He says, I want you to open a gym there. I'm like, okay, like, how do I do that? I have no money. I don't know anything about real estate. I'm sure the the rent is going to be like, you know, outrageous, you know. And he just said, he gave me an instruction. And this is where obedience comes in when you do something very quickly. You can accelerate the process. And he says, lay on your face for 30 days and prophesy an investor. And I was like, okay. So I laid on my face at midnight every night for 30 days, and I would just pray. And some of the times it got, you know, going through the motions, like I'm like, nothing's happening. What's going on, you know? And 30 days later, I was approached by an investor who was worth millions of dollars that I had, uh, you know, ministered to their life and, and, and just really brought about God to them undercover. And it touched their heart to 
give me the money I needed to go on the island. And so they invested in me, and within one month, I was the number one personal training studio on the island of Palm Beach. Um, I, had, I would be walking down the street, and people in Lamborghinis and Bentleys would scream out, it's the trainer to the rich and famous. And I'm like, God, what in the world is going on here? I'm just a <laughs> kid from you know, a little town you know, in the mountains. And I was like, what is happening? But he would bring household names into my gym and movie stars and, and, and cover models and crazy stuff. And in that time period, I would always be sowing the Word of God to them undercover. And they wouldn't even know it, but they would be attracted to it. And what would happen is that would create an opportunity where they would come to me with an issue or a problem, and boom, now I deliver Jesus to them. And I would make them renounce witchcraft. I was casting out devils in the gym. <laughs> Their lives were being changed. It was absolutely crazy. And and even wisdom. I know that's that's supernatural favor all over, but even supernatural wisdom, you didn't really have knowledge of a lot of these industries and, and businesses. But when these people started coming to you, God actually gave you wisdom to instruct them uh, uh, of what they should do in their businesses and in their industries. Absolutely. You know, I there was a time period when I was there working that God said, I, you know, I want you to seek after wisdom because I was reading Proverbs so much and I saw what wisdom brought. I said, wisdom brought favor. I'm like, wait, so many believers are just praying for favor when in reality it says get wisdom first and favor will come. And I was like, oh, my goodness, we've got it backwards. So I spent six months in another prayer point you know, where I said I'll grind out something and pursue it, praying and fasting for God to give me wisdom. And when I did that, I started to see it in operation. And I would be working with people on Wall Street, and they would always have the TV on, you know, the stocks and all this stuff. I had never bought a stock in my life. I don't know how that works. I don't know nothing about it. And they were like, yeah, I've got this, this, and this. And instantly God would speak to me. And I would begin to give them instructions and strategies on what to do. And I'm, and I'm listening to myself like, what am I saying to these people? What is <laughs> happening? And they were like, wow, that's smart. I never thought of that perspective. And they would take me upstairs literally to their, their penthouse. And I would go up there, and they would have all those TV screens, you know, like you see on Wall Street. And they would be making those trades and moving it around. And next thing you know, they would make millions of dollars off what I told them. And that really began to shock me because I would advise very successful multimillionaire and billionaires with a B on certain things when it comes to their investments, their shipping. I mean, crazy stuff when consulting, move this around, do this, A, B, and C. And they were open to me. And when I did that, I began to see the hand of God move at such a high level in the business world. I would look at myself and say, I only have a GED. God, what are you doing here? Man. Man, and you know what? That kind of goes back to what you were saying uh, early on in your ministry when you were pursuing and you were pressing in and you were seeking God so much and you were called to this fast and your IQ was even <laughs> increased yeah. because you were so <laughs> dedicated to encounter God. And you, you had, speaking of things like that, you actually came up with an invention that you're like, whoa, this is, this is something I would have never thought of before. Yes, it was. That is the most mind-blowing thing that ever happened to me. I didn't even know the Bible talked about inventions. Uh, it says in Proverbs, I, wisdom, there you go with wisdom again, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. When I saw that, I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. I said, God, give me invention. I began to pursue it. And next thing you know, I'm grinding out that scripture, meditating upon it day and night, like the Bible says in Joshua 1.8, meditate upon the word day and night, and you'll find success in everything you do. So when I did that, I was like, oh, my gosh. I went into many uh, God encounters where 
he would show me inventions. Now, this is what's very funny. A lot of the inventions I ended up seeing on um, a TV show you know, that we all watch when it came to um, pitching your investments and stuff, uh, pitching your ideas. And when I saw it and it was mine, I used to get really mad at God. I said, God, why are you showing me this if I have no way to capitalize on it? You know what I mean? And, um, and I was like, what is going on? And God began to tell me, he says, I'm just showing you it's there. But that's not what you need to focus on. One is coming that you need to focus on. I said, okay. So I'm at the gym, and a guy flies in, a real estate mogul flies in from another state, never met him before in my life. And God says, I want you to tell him what you're working on. And I'm thinking to myself, these people are like sharks here. I mean, you can't really just say things unless you have intellectual property protection, all this stuff, right? And as I begin to tell him what I was doing in in a broad capacity, he jumped up off the machine. And he says, here's my here, here's a card to my lawyer calling. I'm like, who's your lawyer? He says, it's the top patent lawyer for Bill Gates. He wrote most of Microsoft. And I'm sitting there like sweating. I'm like, well, what do I tell him? He says, you tell him that I sent you, and, and I want you to tell him everything you're doing. And I'm like, okay. So after that session, I went to the car. I'm sweating bullets. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what do I do here? This is crazy. You know, I'm, I'm in my brain. I'm thinking, you know, what do we do? I call him, and as I begin to tell him this stuff, um, uh, and I made sure I signed the NDA first. I sent him an NDA, non-disclosure, and you know, signed that. And, and I began to tell him everything I was doing. He says, you've got something. He says, it's very powerful. And he says, I already have in my portfolio 12 issued patents, not patent pending, but issued patents that you can fall under and use in the artificial intelligence space that could function as your sports performance um, intellectual property. And for over a year, now this guy was $3,000 an hour for his time, but he spent a whole year uh, brain dumping, getting all the information out of my head um, so that we could actually start the process of what we were looking for. Um, Now, when I did that, he was like, well, we've got this. Now you need to find the sensors. You need to find what you're trying to do when it comes to – you know, the sensors and, and, the, and the hardware. And I'm like, God, I don't know what to do because this stuff isn't even out really, you know? Um, and I, I laid down after I prayed and God took me into a vision and showed me a few letters of the company. And so I immediately jump up and go on the computer and I type in those letters with the keyword that was matching my product uh, of what I was wanting to create. And it popped up a company from Switzerland. And I'm like, that specialized in sensors. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is absolutely amazing. And so I began to call and call and call and beat on their door. And they, for a time period, they told me that I was the crazy American calling. <laughs> <laughs> they, they literally called me the crazy American. They said, either this kid's got something or he's really psychotic. <laughs> <laughs> and so when they heard me and they heard of what was going on and the, you know, the superstar athletes that were calling me up and connecting with me because of what I was doing, they're like, you got something. We're going to, you know, put you in the, uh, the most expensive hotel in Boston. We're going to, uh, you know, meet you down there. We'll fly in from Switzerland. We'll have this meeting. And when they flew in to have this meeting, they were so blown away at what I had. I was able to, uh, connect with them in a, in a business agreement that we're still pursuing and, 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 uh, preparing to this day. Yes. Yes. Well, I know we only have a couple of minutes left, but I want to make this point so clearly to everyone that's listening because it was made clearly to me in studying your material, Joshua, that all of these things that that are happening to you, the the favor, the wisdom, these things came from a pursuit of encountering God, encountering God, and you have prepared these resources so that we might know 
how we can encounter God. Because at the beginning of the show, you said, no, 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 this is not just for a few. If you want to encounter God, you can encounter God. So I want everybody just, I know we get caught up in your stories because they're so wonderful, <laughs> but but you teach people, no, 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 this is not just me. This This is, yes, this is my spiritual DNA. But you say yes. that. All of us have a spiritual DNA, and all of us can experience these encounters. Will you speak to the folks um, that are listening just for a couple of minutes before we have to go? Absolutely. Look at the template that Jesus laid out with his disciples. They, they, the Pharisees looked at them and said, these unlearned, ignorant men, but look at them. They speak with such boldness and wisdom. And the Bible says they took note that they were with Jesus. Mm. So it doesn't matter your natural circumstance. I have a GD. It doesn't matter, you know, how outcast you may be. God loves to look for people in, in, that are normal, that are even in some mess, and use them to confound the wise. And when I begin to read the Bible, as we all do, scriptures are going to pop out to you that you're going to be like, mm, that's powerful. Oh, that's for me. Don't just move along. Document them. God gave me a clear instruction before he launched me into uh, Firebrand Globe when we began to minister. Um, he told me, I want you to go through the whole Bible, and every scripture that is highlighted to you, I want you to categorize. And as I began to do that, I began to look over my notes over that year period, and I began to see my DNA. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is exactly who I am. I am warlike. I am in, in the realm of deliverance and spiritual warfare and understanding wisdom and business and inventions. And so I begin to see the molding of who I am in the Word. And so it's not just for us to have a scripture that pops out to us and we just bypass it like, wow, that was powerful. Let me go about my day. No, God wants you to document it because there is hidden treasure within that scripture. Now, you remember me saying that I would spend six months in one prayer point. Fasting and praying for wisdom, fasting and praying for witty inventions, fasting and praying for, you know, uh, encounter, pursuing God. And so sometimes it's not good enough just to read a scripture and go on about your day. No, he may want you to meditate on that scripture for a month, and that will bring out what he's looking for within you. Mm. Yes, yes. Well, Joshua, will you pray and release the ability for people to experience encounters with God? Absolutely. Father, I pray that everyone hearing the sound of my voice, that the alarm within their heart will begin to ring and awaken them that there is more in God, and that the Bible says, deep cries out unto deep. And Father, I pray that the depths of your heart will cry out to the depths of their heart. I pray that you begin to remove every obstacle, anything that has been positioned in the realm of the Spirit to block their pursuit within you. The Bible says that out of the belly shall flow rivers of living water. And Father, anything that has blocked their belly, representing what you're wanting to flow through their life by the Holy Spirit, I pray that you remove it in the name of Jesus. I declare that eyes are opening in the Spirit. I declare that ears are opening in the Spirit, and that God is beginning to massage your heart right now to go into a deeper place with Him. He is calling many of you to the mountain. He is calling many of you into entrepreneurship. Yes. There is a, a, a grace, and the Spirit of wisdom is being released upon you, just as Moses prayed and released the Spirit of wisdom unto Joshua. I pray that the Spirit of wisdom rests upon you to take you higher and deeper than you have ever experienced before in your walk. And Father, I pray that any 
area of iniquity in their life that is trying to call them back to the sins of their ancestors is silenced in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray that your fire begins to overflow in their life and that holiness arises within them. And I pray that they pursue you, they read the word, they pray, they fast, they worship like never before. And I call forth that very assignment that very light within them that you have placed for purpose to be made manifest and you will visit them in dreams and visions and that your Holy Spirit will begin to whisper because the Bible says behind thee a voice shall tell you whether you should walk to the left or to the right. I pray that you speak to your people today and guide them into their purpose in the name of Jesus. Yes, yes. Whoo, Joshua, I feel like we've been to church. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. Well, let me encourage every single one of you to get this wonderful resource package that Joshua has prepared for you. And now here's Sid Roth to tell you exactly how you can get it. Sid? Do you long for, do you have a passion for a genuine God encounter? Do such experiences, some of you are wondering, do they really exist? If so, could it happen to you? Joshua Giles says, yes. Joshua's intense search for God revealed secrets to an encounter with God. And Joshua says these secrets, they're not just for him, they're for every one of us. And for you, it's time to not only hear about God encounters, but to experience them for yourself. It's time not to be an echo. It's time for you to be the voice God created you to be. Be sure to get Joshua's new book and brand new and exclusive three CD audio teaching series, Secrets to an Encounter with God. You'll also get absolutely free a bonus CD, Supernatural Wisdom, Favor, and Divine Appointments that Joshua has prepared to mentor you in business, entrepreneurship, and inventions. All, I mean all of us want to have this type of wisdom, whether you've ever thought about it or not. And this is all available for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9752. Once again, that's offer number 9752. 